This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to Allison Johansson, a licensed clinical social worker, about how to remain engaged in your career even when your life is in upheaval or you have things going on, big transitions in life. I wanted to do this episode because in today's world, I don't care what anyone says, your life and your work are totally intertwined. I think in the old days, people used to leave work and leave everything behind, get in their car, drive home, and that was it. But with cell phones and social media and everything else going on, that's gone. That's non-existent. We've broken all barriers. And what that means is that we're carrying everything with us emotionally as well, back and forth. So if something happens at home or something happens at work, there's a trail with it. There's emails, there's things, and, and you bring all that home with you, text messages, And it causes problems in both directions when you want to focus. So I'm excited to talk to Allison a little bit. And what we did in this episode, and you'll see as we get into it, is in the main segment, it's a little bit circuitous. We go around with different strategies and we talk about different things. But then at the Take Action Today segment at the end of the show, I think it was a good powerful ending because I pretended I was a working engineer and I had an issue going on in my life. And I came to her for advice and she gave me some advice that was very helpful and something that hopefully could be implemented for our listeners when they have something going on personally, but they still need to focus at the office. So we'll see. It's an interesting episode. It's something a little bit different, but wanted to give it a try. Before we get into the main segment of our show, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. I actually have some exciting news. PPI, our exclusive exam prep podcast sponsor is giving away $100 Amazon gift cards every month to our listeners. For more information on how to qualify, make sure to listen to my announcement later on in this episode. I also want to remind you to please consider joining our community, The Engineering Mastermind. You can check it out at theengineeringmastermind.com. You'll see a video of me there explaining why it's a powerful community that can help you maximize both your personal and professional life, really. It's a really powerful forum. It's a private forum. It's not like LinkedIn where there's millions of people talking about everything. This is a close-knit community of a little over 100 engineers around the world that are premier engineers that are developing rapidly and they want to talk to each other about salary negotiations, dealing with supervisors, thinking of things that can make you stand out in your career, things of that nature. You also have access to, we do monthly calls where we get on a video call together you also have options for 20-minute coaching calls that you can do. So check it out at theengineeringmastermind.com or just go to engineeringcareercoach.com and click on forum. All right, now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's episodes just so you get to know her a little bit before we dive in. Allison Johansson is a passionate about helping working women and the companies they work for thrive in creativity, innovation, and health. She's done a lot of work with women in large organizations, and really she's run the gamut of working with professionals in all different industries. She's been a licensed clinical social worker practicing in therapy since 2012 and has been in the field since 2007. Allison has extensive training in several therapeutic techniques with scientific backing and continues to grow in her training yearly. She has a relaxed, laid-back style in her presenting, which you'll see here in the podcast and the interview coming up. 
And she loves to make sure that her audience leaves with tangible techniques that will help them grow, which is what you're going to hear at the end of the episode in the Take Action Today segment. All right, so now I'm going to give you a quote here related to the topic to bring us into our main segment. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. And of course, that's from Aristotle. All right, now it's time to jump into the main segment of our episode. Today's topic is we're going to talk, of course, about how to remain engaged in your career when things aren't going that great in your life. There might be upheaval, there might be challenges, problems. And I have here with me today, Allison Johansson. Allison, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Thank you for having me. So Allison, our guests heard a little bit about you with your bio, but tell us a little bit more about how you got involved in this topic, in this arena. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I practice in a therapy office. And I noticed that there's a ton of people who come in and they say, you know, not only is my life in a place where I'm struggling, but I'm also struggling at work because I just can't concentrate. My brain is shutting down and now I hate going to work. So it's not just that I hate this little part of my life. Now I hate going to work and everything feels like it's that much more. And I'm noticing myself doing the bare minimum. I wonder what it would look like to start really hyper-focusing some of these skills that I know so they can be in a place where people can start re-engaging in their careers. So they don't have to look back after that place in their life and say, oh my gosh, now I'm stuck at my job. They can look back and say, hey, look, I grew through this and I did a really good job at my work. I feel really accomplished with what I did. So it makes it that much easier to manage what's going through life. And so I've really focused on how could I stay engaged with those scientifically based therapeutic skills that I've been teaching people in a therapy office. And I think that this happens a lot. And I think this is something that I try to, to talk about a lot that people don't always put two and two together. But I mean, what happens at home affects what happens at work, really, and vice versa. And I think that anyone that tries to think that there's a wall between the two is not realistic. I'm glad that we're talking about this topic today because I do think it can have a major impact on people's professional lives. So let's get into this a little bit. Talk about what people can do in this situation or what you recommend in these situations. I think the biggest thing is regrounding yourself. And so that might look like whether you're a list maker or not really sitting down and saying, what are all my distractions right now? What's going through my brain? And just, I call it word vomit. Some people call it brain dump right on a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be a fancy journal, just a piece of paper, everything in your brain, and then make a list out of that of the things that you're wanting to accomplish. Really trying to focus on what do I need to do today? And you can even break that in up into what does this project look like? And what does that project look like? Because when you're in that place, your brain literally shuts down in some ways. And so it's harder to focus on what actually is a priority. My first thing that I'd say is just really being able to organize your brain when it's unorganized. And that might look like making a list. Even if you don't follow it, that at least allows your brain to say, okay, this is what we need to do. Let's do it. That's great. So kind of getting yourself like a brain dump, essentially. Exactly. And there's a piece that our brain can only hold. I've heard it said that there's six places in our working memory. Well, if five of those have to do with whatever is going on in your home life, that allows you to write that down and say, okay, I need my six working spots in my brain to be for 
this project, what I'm doing right now so that I can be successful. It allows your brain to say, okay, we'll work on that later. Let's work on this. So basically what you're trying to do is take everything in your head, dump it out, organize it, and focus more on the good stuff, so to speak. Absolutely. Or just what you need to focus on right now. It doesn't even have to be positive. It can just be, I've got to get this project done. My deadline is, you know, whenever, and I need to do a good job. And so what can I do to focus on that when my brain feels like it's thinking about, oh my gosh, I have this to do. Oh my gosh, I have that to do. What does this person think, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So just to put this into like an example, so if I'm an engineer and I'm working on like a really big project at work and at home, I got something not so great that's happening, whatever the case may be. And I come to you and I'm like, you know, Allison, I need some help. I got to try to focus at work. I got all this stuff going on at home. So you might say, all right, listen, let's look at everything that's on your plate right now. Literally put it down on paper or whatever. And then where do you need to put your energy right now? I need to work on my project at work or I'm going to get fired. And that can be, I guess, can be helpful when you see everything in front of you, Allison. Is that how, is that what makes it a good strategy? The analogy I use is like a bouncy ball in a small room. I think we've all been in that place where our brain feels like a bouncy ball in a small room. I can't even catch my thoughts are bouncing around so much. And so writing it down allows that door to open so that the bouncy ball rolls out and you can say, okay, this is what's going on. What are some transitions in life that can make someone feel stuck? Like what are examples or? I think the biggest ones that people really struggle with are relationship changes. So that might look like getting divorced. It can actually even look like some positive things. I'm about to get married. I'm about to get engaged. That can be really distracting. Those are big life changes. Another really obvious one is having a child. For women, that means they have to go on maternity leave or generally do. For men, that means they have to change their roles in their life and become a father. And what the heck does that mean? There's a lot going on in your brain in that way. Sometimes it's smaller transitions of, I just moved. I changed my position at my work. It could be a death in the family. So any of those transitions are going to be things that are going to be reeling around in your head. A really popular one now, good, better, and different, is caretaking for loved ones. That's a full-time job in itself. And then trying to go to work along with that can be really overwhelming. One of my best friends right now, is dealing with that where his mother is his father passed away a while ago his mother's getting up there in age she keeps having accidents and he lives four hours away and he's literally having to drive there all the time and deal with it and it's really affecting him in total as a whole throughout the different avenues he's got a pregnant wife at home he's got a job he's trying to keep so i can see how something like that could then affect your mental approach basically to life on a daily basis so why does the brain actually get stuck like this like what is it that gets you in this rut we have neurotransmitters in our brain that are communicating to us. In a lot of ways, our brain is still very primitive. It's still running from saber-toothed tigers. And like I mentioned before, we have these six spots in our working memory. To use your friend as an example, one of those spots is, how am I going to get to my mom? She needs me right now. One of those spots is, my wife needs me. She's pregnant. One of the spots is, you know, I'm supposed to put together this crib. I don't know what to do. One of the spots is, should I put my mother in a nursing home? Well, now I only have two spots in my working memory, and I'm trying to put five things in it because let's all be honest, our job usually doesn't use up one spot. What happens is my brain gets really overwhelmed and it goes into that survival mode that I am running from saber-toothed tigers. I need to survive. And the part that makes decisions actually starts to shut down so that the survival part can help us get out of that dangerous situation. 
And so in turn, what happens is I'm trying my best to get this frontal part of my brain working and I just can't do it. I feel really stuck because I have to really intentionally do it, which is something that list taking making does is it makes that frontal part of your brain work. So your brain is literally going, we have to get out of this. What do we do? And there's no way out because the reality is you do have all these things happening in your life. Let's talk a little bit more about some skills for managing this period of someone's life while continuing their career engagement. You talked a little bit about this idea of down dumping your ideas, putting them on paper. What other skills can be used for that? I think we've all heard of, and to go along with that list, just to add on to it, we've all heard of a pro and con list. And I actually make an addition to that and say, you know, if I'm trying to problem solve something, I'm going to come up with two or three solutions that could potentially be an answer. And I'm going to do a pro and con list for each of those solutions. That gets my frontal brain working. That gets that part that's shut down, just moving. You don't have to make a decision through it, but it makes it moving. Another piece that you can do, and this is a part that, you know, an engineer might not talk a lot of because it's very, you tend to be very brain focused at work, is there are just as many neurotransmitters in our gut as there are in our head. And those make decisions as well. And so sometimes it's taking a really long exhale breath, which is a grounding for our gut. It tells our gut that we're safe, that body piece of our movement. And being able to say, okay, what is my, you know, I'm going to relax my muscles in that exhale. And that's naturally going to tell my body, okay, we're not in danger. I don't need to run. I don't need to fight. Right now, I can use my brain part. And so actually going into the body to tell the brain that we, you don't need to be in that survival mode can allow you the space to go into that brain part. I mean, this is all, I think, really important because I think one of the things that's very challenging for people today in general is just just brain overload. I mean, there's just, there's obviously, there's information overload. People take on way too many things, including myself, whether you have multiple businesses, multiple jobs, a ton of people you're talking to, you got your phone, your iPad, all this stuff flying in and out of your brain, essentially. You're trying to manage all that, like you said, with the spots. When something happens in life that requires a lot of brain power, what are you supposed to do with all of the other stuff? I see it as a major issue because I think, I mean, I remember myself when I had my first daughter, I came home, I had planned to take off for like a week or two, and it was kind of like everything was dedicated to that. You can't be expected to just switch back to work in two weeks. I mean, your brain doesn't work like that. And I think one of the things that I've noticed for people is sometimes acknowledging that as instead of fighting it can be really powerful. So a lot of times we're trying to fight the struggle. And what happens is that struggle gets louder because it wants to be heard. So it's like, no, I'm struggling. Screw you trying to manage me. And so sometimes it can actually be relaxing to say, okay, I'm going to take that exhale. I'm going to release those muscles. I'm going to make a list of all the things I'm worried about. And I'm going to tell all those things, or I'm going to acknowledge that I'm going to get back to that. Don't worry. I'm getting back to you. You don't have to be loud. And I'm going to struggle right now. And maybe it's okay to struggle a little bit. And maybe it's about managing that struggle versus getting rid of that struggle in some ways. The ability to be able to acknowledge something and not have to necessarily fix it or address it in the moment is also something that's rare and powerful these days because basically I think between like the use of these cell phones and social medias and everything, our brain is getting trained for like immediate response 
And I think that that's causing a lot of problems because it really affects the way that you're able to focus, the way that you're able to work, any kind of control you have over your brain or the way that you're approaching things like mentally and how sharp you are. So is definitely important to what we're speaking about as well, the ability to flex yourself a bit. Anything else that you've had clients or people you've worked with that have used to success? Absolutely. There's a ton of different methods. I actually just put out some content on that gut and how to get more involved in that gut. And I love there's a way to connect that to the podcast so that people have connection to that. Because there is this piece when you're using your brain all the time, it gets overwhelmed too. And there is a piece to allowing that those neurotransmitters in your gut to really start working again. And it sounds really fruity tooty, and I acknowledge that, but there's actually a lot of science backing it up. And so that makes me buy in that the more that you can let your body communicate to your brain, the more your brain's going to start working again. What do you mean by that? What is an example? Or So an example might be, we've all heard of going by your intuition or going by your gut. And that doesn't have to be like this voice from outside saying, this is what you need to do right now. It can be more, I'm going to sit with what is happening right now. I'm going to let, like, I'm going to breathe into that. And then I'm going to let those neurotransmitters in my gut start working so that they can start saying, okay, let's focus. And they can start communicating to the brain, let's focus. And so sometimes that means taking a minute at most and just relaxing and breathing in the moment of whatever that means. And I know mindfulness is such a pop psych thing right now. You can do this on a drive. You don't have to stop and meditate. You can just say, okay, what's around me? What am I seeing? What's going on? And that's going to start to reground you and your body into where am I here and not, not where is my mom? What, how is she doing? Or how is my wife doing? Or how's the newborn baby at home doing? Or, oh my gosh, I haven't slept in three days because like you said, when you come back after two weeks after having a kid, there's that piece too. And it just allows your body to regroup, which allows your brain to regroup. And that's good because I agree. I think sometimes people think that the only way to solve challenges like this, which is I can't focus, I'm too much in one direction, is that they have to do something drastic, which is, I mean, not the meditation is drastic, but I think for a lot of engineers, technical professionals, right brain people, it could be drastic and it could be difficult and it could be a long process. So and frankly, you might not have time for it. Yeah, exactly. You might have time to fit into your day. So doing things that are practical, like just being aware of your surroundings, take a few deep breaths in the middle of your day, whatever the case may be. Take a quick 10-minute walk at lunchtime if you can. Just get out and outside for a little bit. Things you can do to kind of give you a little bit of headspace would be helpful. So Allison, what is in your work? I know everyone's different, so it's hard to say, but are these things that can be turned around quickly? Do they take a long time when people start to use some of these strategies when they're in a rut? People who tend to use their brain a lot, like engineers tend to, actually tend to, it works pretty quickly in small ways. Because if you can really acknowledge this instead of avoiding it, then the movement already starts happening. And so the second that you start adding some of these skills in, you're going to notice a little bit more focus and a little bit more effectiveness. And then over time, it increases to really where you want to be. But you can absolutely start noticing from the first time you use the skills that there's going to be change in your life, especially if you're a cognitive person, because you are more likely to go in full force and say, okay, I'm going to try this, whatever it might be. 
All right. Well, this all sounds great, Allison. What I'd like to do, if it's all right with you, is we'll take a quick break. We'll come back in the Take Action Today segment. And what we'll try to do maybe is use an example, like a real life example, as if I were to come into you and with a problem, and then you can maybe give me some pointers on how to resolve it. How's that sound? Absolutely. That sounds great. Great. All right. Stick with us, everyone. We'll be back in a minute with the Take Action Today segment. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show, and I'm going to use an example here with Allison. I'm going to pretend I'm an engineer with a problem, give it to her and let her give me advice. But before I do that, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. If you're preparing for the civil PE exam, you probably know that the Civil Engineering Reference Manual by Michael Lindeberg is the book to use. Michael Lindeberg is actually the founder and president of PPI, the leader in FE and PE exam prep. PPI has new prep courses available for the civil PE exam that offer complete coverage of not only the morning breath exam, but also your choice of afternoon depth exams. The course presents over 60 hours of new content and walks you through tons of exam-like practice problems. When you enroll in the live online prep course, PPI also includes on-demand lectures for free, so you can start studying while you wait for the course to begin. Through October 2017, PPI will be choosing two of our podcast listeners per month to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you enroll in this course. To enter the raffle, visit www.ppitopass.com forward slash civil prep. Again, that's www.ppi, the number two, pass slash civil prep. From there, you'll need to choose your course and check out. On the checkout page, enter the promo code PREP and then complete your enrollment. Again, you need to enter the promo code PREP before completing your enrollment to qualify for the gift card. You'll be notified on the first of the month if you won the $100 gift card. I used PPI for my PE exam prep, so I feel confident in recommending that you check out this prep course. Plus, you could win $100. Good luck. All right, so I'm back with Allison Johansson. And we've been talking about what happens when you get stuck in a rut. Allison's a clinical social worker. and She's had a lot of experience with people that are dealing with issues in their life, but then still obviously have to produce as a professional. And so what we want to do here to kind of wrap it up, because we talked about a lot of different things in the interview, is I'm going to just give an example. I'm going to, as if I'm coming into Allison with a problem, and she's going to give me some advice around it. So you ready, Allison? Yes. I've been having a lot of problems lately. I'm an engineer. I feel like I'm successful. I'm climbing up the ladder quickly, but my wife just got laid off. We have kids, so now we have a financial burden, and I'm still, my work, I'm trying to move as fast as I can. I'm trying to deal with the stress. How can you help me to get, I want to have a little more better mental capacity or approach when I'm in my office working? I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's use your commute. You have to drive to work. So in your commute, it's very easy to think about all the things you're worried about both at work and at home. So if in your commute, you take that time to say, what do I need to be the best person at work? I'm going to and almost mentally put the at-home stuff in a little bit of a box and say, like, acknowledge that you'll come back to it. Our brain doesn't like it if we just put it in a box. Sometimes it leaks out. But if you tell it, I'm going to come back to you. What do I need to do to be the best person? What do I have to do at work? What are, here is my to-do list at work. All of the things I could possibly do. And then what's my priority? Then you go into work with a little bit more of a plan 
and a little bit more of a grounding instead of going into work thinking, oh my gosh, I have to make more money because my wife's laid off and we have to make this much money. You can go into work saying, I'm going to be the best person I can be. And naturally, that's going to give me the growth that I need to keep moving in my career. So basically what the takeaway here is, is that I see is this is your own mental work, like your own thinking habits, the way you approach things mentally, the way you prepare for your day, doing some things like you just said can have a big impact. Absolutely. All right. Well, Allison, listen, it was great to have you on the show here. Where can our listeners follow you or catch up with you? I'm on Facebook. Allison Johansson LCSW is the page. I often do Facebook Lives with free content for additional information. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm in the Centennial, Colorado community. You're welcome to visit my website, allisonjohansonlcsw.com. Great. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Go to www.engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash Johansson. That's Allison's last name. You'll see it on the show notes page. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and we will respond if you leave us one. So until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.